sound like much. To betray the law. To betray the city. Save that shit for the rookies. 20 years I've been on the streets. It's a fucking meat grinder. People go in one end. Meat comes out the other. All we do is turn the handle. Wait. Are you kidding me? Did you just say wait? Finally gets on the wrong end of a gun. And what he says is wait. You know what? I expected more of you. I mean, wait for what? Wait for me to change my mind? Wait for another two or three seconds of life? Because you're so fucking weak, you just can't stand to see it end? No. Wait for her to shoot you. Hey, I'm Kyle. Thanks for joining me and Andy for the Legendary Creature Podcast. So if you're listening with your kids or your conservative grandma, maybe don't, because we swear. Or you can check us out on YouTube, because hey, that's no place for conservative old women or children. Fuck yeah. All right, so it's return to, return, return to, to Ravnica. Ravnica. That joke's got to stop. It's Guilds of Ravnica. But it's... It's Return to. It's Return Ravnica to. 3. Ravnica. If they would have just called it Ravnica 3, I would have been like, eh, alright. Well, really, it's... I mean, if you count, like, block to block, like... Ravnica 7. Yeah. Becomes Land Before Time-esque. Land Before... <laughs> yeah. It's the baby <laughs> Sharp Tooth. Dude, it's so... Like, Sharp Tooth is dead, long dead, but, you know, we're still gonna milk this. That was, like, the thing in, like, the 90s. They would start pumping out sequels. For movies, right. right? Like, like movies like Land Before Time. Well, I I remember, like, I remember, like, sequels having this really bad connotation. Oh right? yeah, because of that. Because there were like all of these sequels pumped out, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequels, like Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So there was this kid that we used to like. Me and my brother, we used to get babysat. Um, okay. by this lady and she had like another group of kids that like would come over and get babysat at the same time sure and you know like my my brother and sister there were older than me by like you know more than a decade right oh yeah and one of my favorite movies growing up was the goonies and i'm not old enough for that to, like that was already an old movie yeah like that was you know that was made like the year i was born yeah it was already an old movie by the time i'm like you know 10 or 11 or whatever right, right? And me and my brother are like joking around about it, like me and my little brother, who's even younger than me. And this kid who is like this, he's like this habitual liar. Like you can just like tell this kid is a liar. <laughs> 
he's like, yeah, I've seen that movie. I've seen all, all seven of them. All seven like, of them. They haven't made any more Goonies, man. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I saw a seven, the se- Goonie Seven just yesterday, and that's where they come up. That's where they. That's where the one with Baby Goonie in it. Baby and it's Goonie. So, it's so plausible, actually, in that time period, right? Because that was like the thing. Because there were so many sequels, you're like, shit. Well, there's a there? sequel, but like, a lot of the time they're just like added baby version of something else. Like, well, that, yeah, that they're like direct the to VHS. Type yeah, sequels. direct to VHS, baby version of whatever happened in the last one. So yeah, dude, Goonie Seven, dude, the the rise of Baby Goonie. <laughs> All right, so I've got notes this time, dude. I've got a laptop dude, myself. Yeah, you're like I'm. I'm already. I've been writing all day. I wrote an essay. Okay, let's get on to it. My favorite commander. Let's get to it like we always do with the legends. Let's do it. Are we and gonna organize this? Let's go. Let's go shittiest to more interesting so we're gonna do like reverse newspaper style we're gonna lead with all the dog shit information yeah and then close with the key info yeah kind of so boros (laughs) here we go boros aurelia exemplar of justice Mm -hmm. to a white uh and a red or red and white yeah for a flying mentor uh so she has, so this is a new mechanic yeah mentor. so so we've got a new we got a new mechanic the mentor mechanic is like the boros mechanic this time around yeah. so mentor whenever this creature attacks put a plus one plus one counter on attacking creature with less power so it's a little like bolster is that what that was kind of a little bit like that yeah like bolster at the beginning of combat on your turn choose up to one target creature you control until the end of the turn that creature gets plus two uh plus oh Gains trample if it's red and gains vigilance if it's white. Okay. She's a two five. Dude, what do you what do you think right now about <sighs> Boros? So um I wanna be polite but firm. Oh, all right, Dad. About this. Uh I think I, I'm I'm going to guess that Mentor mm-hmm. is an okay mechanic in limited and in standard. It may have some playability there. Uh, I don't think Mentor is going to work very well in Commander. I don't think it has a big enough... I don't think it's a big enough reward. It's just... This could have came out five years ago, man, and I'd probably care as much about this card as I do now. Yeah. This is just a five-year-old Boros card. This is just like every Boros card that we've been no, getting. No, it really sh- is. Short like of the, the pre-con boys. Yeah. Or the pre pre order boys that we got for Dominaria. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um obviously like Aurelia here is is encouraging combat, right? Like mentor in and of itself is okay. a mechanic that encourages combat. So so we're kind of going with a very stereotypical Boros approach of combat matters, right? Like mm-hmm. this this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna be aggressive through combat. Um, which I think, you know all of us that experiment with Boros and hope to play it in commander were interested in that. Yeah. Uh, but having mentor to me is like a really bad anthem. Yeah. It's an anthem for one creature. And if you have a bunch of mentors out, like it's still pretty slow. Yeah. Like you can get multiple. I wish that out. she just but said the other, that but, any creatures that she's mentored are indestructible. That would be dope. Or something where she's just like making it harder and harder for your opponents to un unhinge your board state. The other problem or here, something like that. The other problem here is that both this mentor mechanic and what's listed here on her card. Uh-huh. So so at the beginning of combat on your turn, choose up to one 
target creature you control until end of turn that creature gets plus two plus zero gains trample if it's red gains vigilance if it's white so clearly kind of the implication here you're probably going to use that on aurelia most yeah. of the time so she goes up to so a, she becomes a four five a four five trample with trample vigilance um that's cool it it sort of fits in line with a reflection of the other aurelia but it's a sad sad reflection Dude, even if she was a five five for four like She's she's a draft pick. That's what this is. She really that's why is. she's a mythic. This is a and draft that, and, that, and that's why I'm saying. Like I think I think this works fine in another context. I don't now if if they're not a commander, I think then we have to pose the question, does it fit into commander decks? And I still don't think this card makes it makes the cut to be in commander decks in the ninety nine even. So probably worth it. Yeah, there's ignoring. better on attack triggers that you could be going for. Yeah. Yeah, right. it just she just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to put into. Like, I can't think of any deck where I would want to put that. Like, if you if you're doing Kalia, there's so many other cards that would rank well in front of this Aurelia. Mm. Um, yeah, I I just don't I just don't really see it. Even if it's in the ninety nine of your other Aurelia or Gisela, mm, there's probably better picks. Yeah, she's just not going to make the this cut. thing could be ten years old. For all I care. Yeah. Not excited. Yeah. Uh, what about Tagic? Okay, so Tagic Legion's Edge. So one red, white. So three converted mana cost. It's a three, two. Um, he has haste. He also has mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. And then prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to other creatures you control. You can also pay this act. There's an activated ability. You can pay red and white and Tagic Legion's Edge gains first strike until end of turn. Um... So I think there's there's a bit of a a problem here. Okay. So I think we talk about power creep at times. How sometimes we have new cards that put other things into obsolescence, right? Yeah, there's a couple actually things. from this. Yeah. Okay. Um and and we'll we'll definitely talk about those. This is sort of a reverse, right? Like something from the past is making this current thing obsolete. The former Tajik, while not particularly popular, I think has more going for him than this new one does. In that the old Tajik is indestructible. Period. Right? This one's preventing all non-combat damage that would be dealt to other creatures you control. Okay, great. So when somebody casts that Blasphemous Act... It's not going to work. We're fine. But yeah, how many wrath? The tragic gets up to the clock, right? Doesn't he get plus five, plus five? Yeah, the other one gets plus five, plus five. So he becomes trigger. a seven, seven with the battalion trigger, which, you know, Boros wants to do that, wants to go wide. And now you've got a commander that's on the clock. Um, the mentor thing, like I said, is underwhelming in commander. And this activated ability gains first strike until end of turn. There's a lot of hoops, basically, that this tragic is saying we have to jump through. Yeah. We, we and, the rewar- and the reward is not, is. Not worth jumping through the hoop. Yeah, so for. so the the protection that he has innately is not sufficient to keep him on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to need hexproof. We're going to need indestructible, most likely. Okay, that's a lot of hoops that we've got to jump through already. Um, we have to pay mana just to get him first strike. Yeah, and yeah, he's and out early. Pretty much anything can block this. That like block it. And kill yeah, it's it. a three two. There's like there's, anything a baron up is going to block it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and he doesn't protect himself. So, I, I mean, there's going to be people that try him out because 
you can just kind of plug in your Boros package that is going to underwhelm you like any other Boros deck. He doesn't provide anything that you need in Boros. Like you can interchange him with the only I think others. The only direction I can see going with this guy, and really like to kind of say like the old Tajik still fits this a little bit, yeah. is kind of loading the decks full of card the deck full of cards like Pyrohamia. Yeah. And the Boros Reckoner. I think that's that's fair. And there's And a, you're just doing damage to everything all the time. And there's uh, some re- other repercussion on yeah. top of that. Yeah. But then I would kind of if you were thinking like, I want a deck like that, like I want a deck that does a lot of like ambient non combat damage. Uh, through like things like Boros Reckoner, Pyrohamia, mm-hmm. Repercussion, I would just point you to Zergo because then you add black, he's indestructible on your turn. Yeah, and you're going to have a bigger commander that's on the clock. So you too. get Pestilence, the Stronghold Rats, I think is what it is. Um, Pestilence Demon. Yeah. Like there's a lot of... Yeah. I... I it, Yeah, it's just... I mean, in that case, it could be in the 99, right? Like... Tajik could be in it, yeah. Prevent all non-combat damage to other creatures. Yeah. So, so I think that's I th- I think that's something worth noting is that he's he may be worth putting in other decks. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe like there might be some niche cases where he he could be usable in other places. Uh. Boros is underwhelming with these two legends in terms of for commander. Like I said, I, and I we're not surprised at all. Yeah. I want to be nice about it because like I, like I say, I think these cards probably have more of a place in standard and limited, but, uh, sure. But here we're, that, yeah, it's, uh, didn't need, I mean, Tajik just could have not been legendary and they right. had us another card. Right. Uh, they could have just come so, up with so some I think it's a random little... angel with the same stats as Aurelia and then make Aurelia something with like really high CMC or a really rigid uh, converted mana cost to keep her from becoming a draft crazy, you know? So but she's she's a draft card. That's yeah, why she's a mix e- Exactly, exactly. So um, Dana from over at uh, the Command Commander Central or Command Central podcast, uh-huh. he tweeted about kind of how underwhelming these are as commander design. And Gavin actually responded to him kind of saying that like, yeah, we're aware like of Boros and what's going on here. Like we just wait, there's some other things coming, but the the way the, the nature of his response, when did you find out Gavin? <laughs> like, when did you find out this was like a, a, where did you become aware? Like how, how backlogged are you on your design? Well, How long does it take them to come up with? W- did you know what Kalemni when that deck came out? Right. Did you think it was going to be okay two years ago or three years ago? That was three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the impression that I got from the thread was, I don't know that Wizards understands Boros's problem fully within the commander context. Like I said, this stuff is fine for other formats, I'm, I'm sure, but I don't know that they see it fully in terms of what the problem is here with, with commander. It's, it's, I understand that when you're dealing with red in the game, magic, the gathering, there are. Reds dominated their standard from like Amonkhet up. Yeah. It's it's, it's a very fine line. Like you can't, you can't destroy the other formats just to give something to commander. I understand that. I recognize they're towing a fine line with it. But then Kalemni happened. Right. But when you're, when, 
like there's got to be some some attempt I think to explore things that are functional in this format. Sure. And I don't see using either of these for commanders. I'd be surprised if they peak 100 decks on EDH rec. Um I'd be shocked. That would be very surprising to me. Golgari. Golgari. So Izoni the Thousand-Eyed. Uh, she's two, a black, a black, and a green, and a green. So you're kind of like Guildmaster mana requirement. Yeah. Um, for a legendary creature, Elf Shaman. Undergrowth, when Izoni Thousand-Eyed en- enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token for each creature in your graveyard. Um, you can play black and a green to sacrifice another creature. You gain one life, and you draw a card. She's a 2-3. Can we engage in some comparison a little bit? Do it, dude. Um, so let's let's kind of look at other other Golgari legends that okay. that, are, that we're using as commanders currently. Oh, dude, prepare your ass. Um, prepare your ass. Yeah, it's gonna be a little gonna be a little weird, right? So of course we have Marin of Clan Neltoth that tops the list, right? Of course. She was huge. Yeah, massive. Before tracks that happened. Um, <laughs> and so that one where, you know, of course, that's the experience counter commander uh, that, that's, that sits in Golgari. And at the beginning of your end step, choose target creature card in your graveyard if that card's converted mana cost is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have returned to the battlefield, otherwise put it into your hand. So... I guess what I'm let me let me contextualize this. Is I want to compare Golgari commanders interested in graveyards and okay, okay, kind of the hoops we're jumping through. So in the case of Marin, there's some setup, right? We need to get experience counters, have creatures die through creatures dying, yeah. right? And then we need to have things in our graveyard, and then we can kind of recur them, right? Okay. Um, but it's some setup, but then now it's just a triggered ability. It, it triggers by your end step, right? Okay. So then we've got, let's just look at the Gitrog monster. There, There is a trigger by an upkeep. You've got to sacrifice lands, but you also can do other things to kind of trigger all of these lands going into yards. And you get all of these rewards for things going into yards just from triggers. Um, Gerard. There is an activated, but there's this huge landfall or this huge fall of a swell of pitching people's life totals Mm. for sacrificing creatures. Yeah. Right. And you can basically make it so Gerard doesn't go away is the other thing. Like he's just rather than zoning him, just keep bringing him back. You know, and then I think, I don't know, like as I'm kind of looking at this, I'm like this activated ability to sacrifice a creature to gain one life. I don't know why I had mana ahead of that. It, yeah. That that alone kind of put it out. That's the turnoff to me. And I guess that's yeah. what I'm getting at with doing some comparison. We've got these several of these commanders that have triggered abilities where they're interacting with the graveyard through triggers. And then hmm. I think Gerard or Jared or whatever, um, his activated ability has a much bigger impact. Yeah, to the point that everybody comes get they start running from it. Right. Start considering their ability to play around it. Because they sack a creature and everybody loses life equal to is it their toughness or power on him. Yeah. 
going up against established commanders like Marin or even even non Golgari ones like Karatter, she's just not gonna she's not gonna get you there. I think this, unlike the Boros commanders, does have a place in the ninety nine though. Yes. So Sadisi would be very Sadisi's very yeah. The brute talent would be interested in this. Uh, I think Gave is another one that would probably be able to use it. Right. Yeah. I would say, like, if you're really looking to try to get a commander that produces you a lot of tokens and then you can use as a sacrifice, uh, let's let's talk to Slimefoot. And that's the thing Just to me. Just talk to Slimefoot like, about that and tell him I say hi. Yeah. I So here's the thing to me is I think putting her in a Slimefoot deck... She doesn't make Sapperlings. She doesn't make Sapperlings, but... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm just talking about like if that last line of text about activating and sacri- or the tokens and sacrificing tokens is kind of what you're looking for. Like sure. Slimefoot comes out earlier. And yeah, there's a ways to produce sapperlings outside of his ability. Right. There has infinite potential too. Right. Card draw potential too because he deals damage, infect damage potential like and he's an uncommon no, I like she just Sidisi wants this thing for sure. Like yeah, this this will work with Sidisi. I I think the tyrant. mana the CMC on Izoni kind of speaks to when you do want to play this card. Yeah, late you want to play it late, and that's kind of the if you look at just Golgari as a whole in this entire list or the entire release, they're looking for a large number of creatures in your graveyards. Yeah, so they Every all have like a setup trigger that they you're doing. have is. Is just yeah, we want a large volume of creatures in your graveyard. Yeah, so there's a lot of setup for really them to is. be the most effective that they're going to be. Um, yeah, which which you know, I think I I don't think that I'm the kind of player that's interested in doing doing this like long convoluted journey mm-hmm. before I get around to being able to use my commander. Mm-hmm. I think this, I think Izoni will have appeal to a lot of people in that they're doing that kind of stuff. Cause there's a lot of different things you could do on your way to filling your graveyard. Sure. You know, you could be doing a lot of dredge type stuff. You may just have a lot of, a lot of small creatures that you're getting out there and doing sacking and CC demands and all that kind of stuff to where you're kind of dominating the board on yeah. your, on your way to that. And then you just, drop your commander and you've got a shit ton of tokens like that, that may have that's, there's probably a, a good subset of players that that has appeal to. Mm-hmm. I prefer to see her in the 99, her, him. Okay. Hit me with the Selesna stuff, man. Selesna, that's, dude. That's your, I'm actually sure pretty thing. excited about this. So, uh, let's do Tristani first. Yeah. So Tristani three green and white, uh, for a one, four dryad. Uh, other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. When Tristani Discordant enters the battlefield, create two one, one white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. And at the beginning of your end step, each player gains control of all creatures they own. Um, so I actually did a little studying up on this. Okay. There was some, there was some, <laughs> what's the study on this thing? Well, so there's actually, uh, there's actually a little bit of enlightening discussion that went on on Reddit. Mm. Um, so there was actually a recent rules change that is applicable to Tristani here. Okay. Um, so if you cast a spell or have an effect that creates tokens for other players, you own those tokens. Hmm. 
So, so what, okay. So I get where you're going. you want to create tokens for other people and then pull them back. Yeah. So I was actually, you and I were kind of having your upkeep. They get creatures. Yeah. So what, like hunted, whatever the hunted cycle yeah, so hunted is troll two, is yeah, hunted an example. Troll. So two and two green. When hunted troll enters the battlefield, target opponent puts four one, one blue fairy creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. Okay. So you've got this eight, four that you paid four mana for. And it has green regenerate it. So when it dies, you can bring it back. And then with Tristani, at the beginning of your end step, you get those tokens back. Sure. It's one-sided. Uh, Terastodon. Yeah. Okay. Terastodon, I think, is already a somewhat popular, like, well-used card in Commander. Yeah, like, I've never been a big fan of it because I feel like that's a lot of... Tokens. Well, it's a card that's constantly shoved down our throats by wizards. It really is. You know, it's in almost every freaking deck. They put it in the premium graveborn deck. Oh yeah, that's that. really weird. Yeah. So six and two green for a nine nine, and when it enters the battlefield, you may destroy up to three target non-creature permanents. Okay. Uh, and I think this is what the appeal is. You get this huge body, and you're able to destroy three permanents, and that essentially turns into three, three three green elephant creature tokens. Yeah. Well, now you cast the Terastodon, you nuke three, three non-creature permanents, and, you just grab the and then you grab these three tokens. So now you've got 18, an 18-18 spread through four bodies on your side of the board, and have, you've removed three Beast permanents. Within works. Beast Within works. Uh, hunted Lamassu. Yeah, that was the other hunted one. Is that the yeah, one that so, makes a knight? So when it enters the battlefield, put a 4-4 black horror creature token oh, yeah. into play. Um, the Acroan horse works, and this is actually a really good place to do this because you're just getting, you'll, you'll gain control of the Acroan horse at the end of your turn. Now everybody gets the tokens, but then those tokens come back to you. Weird. So you have the Acroan horse and all the tokens that come from it. Um, forbidden orchard is a land that you would want to include here. Um, so, okay. What are you saying then? You're thinking this is okay. This is kind of a, so, so if we evaluate the commander of, you know, like, I want you to jump through these hoops so you can get my reward, is so, this, is this valuable to you? Do you so feel like so this here's, is- here's what I, here's what I guess I'm, I'm getting at in this conversation, what I think we should think about. We had this conversation when you were talking through your Brutoclad list. Mm-hmm. One of the keys to any commander deck that is involves tokens is you want to have the most effective ways of bringing tokens into the battlefield. And I think that Tristani and this, this kind of rules thing of you own the tokens when you've created them for other players. Okay. Opens this idea of using cards that may be too niche or maybe they're, they're underwhelming. Okay. Because you're giving other people benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Not for it, long. It opens it opens up this avenue of being able to use other options, I think, for a commander like Tristani. You don't have to rely on some of the, I guess, what you would typically use, like an Entreat the Angels, for, for example, or I don't know, just some of the elf ball type stuff that you would do. You might have some other options available to you is what I'm saying. You still have the problem of your tokening. <laughs> And creatures are inherently vulnerable in games of commander, but she also has an anthem on her. Like other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. She comes in with two tokens. Um, 
the other thing that I guess the other thing I would add about Tristani in this context is, or in the current commander context is that, um, we just got in the commander product, two commanders that are messing around with ownership of cards. I mean, it's how has an ultimate that can push ownership of things. Well, this fucks that ultimate. Like Aminatow cannot face this and, and use that Aminatow ultimate. Aminatow trades your whole board state though, right? Right. And then she only pulls back That's the That's a creatures. good point. That's a good point. So you have to kind of like be careful with that because sure. whoever ends up with Tristani may be pulling back a lot of stuff that they that you didn't want them to have. Um, and Zancha is another one, I think, like that I don't know. That's weird. Each, each player gains control of all creatures they own. That's weird with Xantia. So can't block with Xantia though. She only has she's only a one four. Yeah, it's true. Uh yeah, I'm not afraid of this commander. This is if you made a deck around this, uh, you would find that it's probably your weakest fucking deck. <laughs> like it's not like giving us permanence and then taking them back or whatever, like that's a neat trick. I'm more afraid of the the second one. The second one seems like it has more potential. I think so too. I than, agree. Than her. I'm glad that there's something you can do. It's not. Yeah, I think Tristani has some neat tricks to it that you can that are. That if are you're going to build a new Selesna commander this month, then let's do Emera Soul of the Accord. So it's green and a white legendary creature, elf cleric. Whenever Emera Soul of the Accord becomes tapped, create a one one white soldier creature token with lifelink. So she makes the same token. Yeah, uh, she's a two two. Yeah, so you've already like started started noodling this one out. It sounds like right. Yeah, so um, I think if we're looking at it in in the standard context, convoke is 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 a returning mechanic mm-hmm. um, related to Selesnya. and so they're you know in standard and limited, they're encouraging Amara for a convoke, like you you tap her to cast convoke spells. That's kind of the encouragement here. Uh, I hope as commander players that we're not pigeonholing ourselves too much with that. Sure. Um, there are probably some very valuable convoke spells that we'll want to use. Um, but, you know, I think there's something something more sinister that, that Amara can get up to than just being tapped for convoke spells. Specifically, and I think, I don't know, I think I've just been having this revelation this year Okay. about because uh, I haven't really been a combo player until recently. I've kind of kind of engaged that. Tap triggers are indicative of the potential for combos. And so she doesn't tap herself, so you kind of have to create that ability to tap her. Um, but in these colors, one of the things we're obviously going to use is something like the, the Sentinel Hierophants. Yeah. So each creature you control gains tap, add green to your mana pool, play this ability as a mana source. It's great. Um, it's fantastic. Because uh, now immediately she's she's adding mana. She gives us a token. There's there's a lot of value coming out of just something like that. Um, Cryptolith Rite would be another thing that we're doing. So, it, you know, kind of an enchantment version of this. Creatures you control have tap, add one mana of any color your mana pool okay what i'm kind of intrigued by and we'll get into this further when we do our series on 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 uh, guild commanders um this is the one you're thinking you're gonna want to focus this on. is the one i'm gonna focus on i'm gonna take a little bit of a different take but 
I I kind of propose that she may have some potential as an artifacts commander. You are out of your mind. I probably she's am. a green commander. She's a green white commander. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. Obviously, highly unorthodox. It is unorthodox. Obviously, I think the thing that's that's the biggest deal if we're going to do that is we need to have the mycosynth lattice that would make her an artifact that typically sets stuff off. And then we can engage in a lot of untap tap synergies and combos and engines. Uh, that would then open up things like using a blasting station. So if we have some way to tap her, like let's say maybe we put the presence of Gond on her. Oh God. So presence of Gond has, uh, it's an That's enchantment. Well so enchanted one. creature has tap, put a one, one green elf warrior creature token onto the battlefield. So she'd get both. So now she would tap and add two tokens uh-huh. onto the battlefield. Um, and then if we had, yeah, we would need some kind of like untapped trigger, of course. Okay. But then like you could do things like blasting station, you know, like blasting station, tap, sacrifice a creature, blasting station deals one damage to target creature. Whenever a creature comes into play, untap the blasting station. So if you can kind of, you can see the potential there to kind of start setting up infinite combos. Well, I'm excited to see your Selesna artifact deck. Never in my goddamn life. It's really, it's really weird. But I, I I think in terms of review, in terms of power, Uh um, I, I, I think it's really worth noting you and I, we, we find, and I don't think this, this is, this is not unique to us. Okay. Commander games are difficult to win through combat damage. Oh yeah. And so token strategies are, have an uphill battle, right? And so looking at Tristani, looking at Amara, we know that they're already kind of taken down a peg in terms of trying to rate them as, as quality commanders. Right. Right. Because they're, they're asking you to token. Um, Amara, I think has a lot more potential than Tristani because we can combo with her and there is the function of it that we're going to get bodies in the process of doing that combo. And and those bodies can serve things like an astronaut's astronaut's altar. Yeah. That's, I want to, I got to see it when you bring it out. So I, I'm not, I'm not like, I, I don't, both of these commanders I think are usable. I think the context of your play group is important. Tristani is going to have an uphill battle. If there's any measure of wrath spells that get used in your, in your meta, because all of those neat tricks come for not a little bit of come with that selfless spirit and the heroic intervention. Yeah. And the dauntless escort and yeah, absolutely. There's ways ways to do it. Tokens are a little tougher because you lose ghost away and yeah. And uh, what is it? unexpectedly absent or something yeah kind of protects your shit so so there's there's sort of that uphill battle like you kind of have to take that into account with those things it sort of you know it means that a segment of your deck has to include that kind of stuff in it um but i think amara's quality i think there's a lot of potential yeah she's two cmc which is yeah she's 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 out early she can be i mean she's out early if you need her to be out, out early she's a combo piece so you play her when you need to play her True. Yeah, um, she doesn't really need to be out there turn two. But the other part is that she... <coughs> Let's see if the Cryptolith right coming soon. Yeah. She will be out again if people deal with her. Um, so very, very... I think a, a positive commander. Okay. So one kind of meh and the other one's... Eh, meh, yeah, meh. I'm intrigued. 
A little bit of that. Like, like there's co- there's commanders that you can combo with much more easily than Amara. Sure. But she but has... You can't get that, you know, hipster juice going. Exactly. With the freaking... And there's nothing more hipster than being being into Selesnya. True dude. that. True <laughs> that. When we went to the freaking pre-release, it was definitely the hipster table. It was the hipster table for when sure. They were doing the, the guilds thing. <laughs> All right, where are we going next, dude? Uh, let's go to the ADHD table, and that would be the <laughs> Niv Mizzet Izet Guild <laughs> table. Well, this is this is all you, man. Yeah, this is all me. <laughs> so we've got Niv Mizzet Parun, who is a blue, 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 red, 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 legendary creature, dragon wizard. This spell can't be countered. Flying whenever you draw a card, can't be bargained it, with. Can't, can't be, be reasoned with. Can't be countered. <laughs> when when you draw a card, Niv Mizzet Perun deals one damage to any target. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, you draw a card. He's a five five. Uh, motherfuck, dude, motherfuck. So right away, if you start looking into this card, you'll hear people complaining about the. Uh, color requirement that is attached to him three red yeah uh i think while it will be a little bit of a barrier i don't think it's going to be that big of a problem okay um so i just wanted to kind of do like a whirlwind tour of of niv mizzet yeah because he comes up a lot when i'm around and then yeah like um this is the third version of him so now we have four dragon wizards in the game, and three of them are Niv Mizzet. <laughs> so the very first Niv Mizzet is probably the one that Andy. parallels this fairly well. The original Niv Mizzet was two, a blue, and a blue, and a red, and a red. Okay. Um, when Amon Ket or Hour of Devastation came out, I had said that the Locust God's going to pass him up, kind of, because he's more resilient. Yeah. That was the big problem with the original Niv Mizzet. So the original Niv Mizzet was. Less power and toughness, so it was a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, it was a 4-4. Four, four. It's also flying, and it says whenever you draw a card, Niv Mizzet, uh, the fire mine deals one damage to target creature or player, and then he had the tap to draw a card to kind of get him get himself going. Yeah, so can we talk about that a little bit? Because I saw a lot of people complaining about how little difference there was between the previous iteration of Niv Mizzet and this one. Yeah, there is very little difference. Like, you're, you... You could take the deck if you're already a fire mind guy. You are you already know like this is just going to replace it. Yeah, but you also kind of thinking like, well, I can't get him out as soon because I'm not allowed to use soul ring esque sure soul ring type ramp to get him there. Yeah, soul ring is not going to advance. Yeah, him colorless out mana matters not. Yeah, not to get him out. I'm not saying take the soul ring out of your Niv Mizzet deck. It's just an objectively good card for the rest of the deck. But sure, as far as getting him out turn six, um. Yeah. So the original Fire Mind, I think, if you had a really fast setup, really quick to kind of get your combo ready to go yeah. quicker, then yeah, he's 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 more of the glass cannon side of, of things. This one is more resilient. will okay. still get you the same thing, but if you're in a heavily blue meta, like a, a blue meta, that this can't be countered thing is going to be good. And also... Um, Targeted removal is going to just net you card advantage. Yeah. Like they might accidentally set him off. That's the thing to me that I think is most appealing about this iteration is that before it's tap dry cards. So, you know, you're not going to take advantage of that the first round of the table. Mm-hmm. And then this you're one going to get targets it. Yeah. It and whenever a player casts got... an instant or sorcery spell, like there's going to be plenty of those played. 
Yeah. He also likes uh, ritual spells and cantrips more than the original Niv-Mizzet. Yeah. The original Niv-Mizzet just wanted to do wheel spells. That was the most card draw you could get for the mana. Yeah. You're going like three mana, Wheel of Fortune, to draw seven cards. Okay. So he's looking just to kind of dig, 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 and get through the deck. This one's still looking to do that, but I think this one favors ritual spells, especially with the mana cost. Oh, yeah. Once you get one red, you can jump the rest of the way. Yeah. To get him out sooner. Um. Yeah, I I like this card a lot. I think in a in a tougher meta, this is a little a little bit better. But I don't. How how do you say something is is better than the original? But there is one thing it just can't do. Like it's just it won't be out as soon. Sure. The original one you hardly ever cast on six anyway, though. So well, I, yeah, I don't. That's I don't. Thing. Like my you... deck was not the most tuned deck, obviously, but. I'd have to wonder, like, what is what does the most optimized original Niv Mizzet the Firemind deck look like? And w- were they able to tell me, hey, yeah, on turn six, I had him out and I was going fucking nuts on turn six? A lot of the time, it's like they kind of he was a piece of a combo. They you don't really cast this guy in isolation. I think I'd be more ready to cast this Perun guy, uh, the Perun version of him, in isolation before the other one. Yeah, because you're going to get fed, and it's going to happen. Yeah, and he's he's tougher, and he's five five. So yeah. you know he's not on the clock, but I can. He's he's just a little bit. He's got that little bit bump. There's something about that difference between four and five. It's a good valley to get across. Having five health is is, you know, languished now can't take him. Yeah, like they have to pay. Yeah, a lot of spells can't don't they fucking can't touch close a five, the, five. Yeah, they just can't close the deal on a five five. Yeah, it's true. A lot of them. Four four and down, that's like most of the commanders. Yeah. You know? And then two and down are like the really, really strong ones. Like those are the ones that are pretty easy to to yeah. upend. Yeah. Um I'd say one thing about this why it doesn't relate well to the other one. Uh the Niv Mizit Draco Genius has always been kind of overlooked as a commander because he doesn't perform like the original in the combo speed. Sure. Um, I would say that the that the second gen, the second iteration, the Draco Genius, it he's probably the best control. Oh yeah, is it because you're you're holding up mana a lot, almost almost exclusively in a control yeah. deck. Yeah. So right before your turn begins, he's a really good mana sink for a control deck. So the Draco Genius is just not set up the same way as the other two. The other two are combo pieces. Oh yeah. One kind of on the glass cannon side. If you're that guy that can pull it off on turn six. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from getting him on turn six or sooner with ritual spells or high tide or whatever. I'm just saying it, it's more likely considering the artifact mana ramp that's popularized in this format with yeah. the original. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, spells I'd be interested to to put in the deck. Um, yeah, ritual spells. You're, you're, you're looking to try to get through this storm thing. You want to have him just ping everything out. Um, curiosity, if you're that guy. Oh, yeah. Or Ophidian Eye if you're um, way more cautious and you want to end step the thing in. That kind of thing. He's dope. Uh, I hope they don't kill him off in this story. I'm going to get so fucking depressed if they do. We need to check your... Gonna we give need, him we need, I feel like we need to check your bereavement po- or policy, dude. I know, right? Does it extend... Does it, does it include extended family? Okay, so we got one guild left and holy shit, did they get some love this time. I'm intrigued by both of these. Honestly, going through it with with commander stuff, I think we got it in the legends, but as far as like their actual cards go, I don't know if we're getting a lot from that there. I think standard's going to have a lot of cool stuff and you know what? Fuck it, they deserve it, man. 
The surveillance a, is a really cool mechanic. We're talking about the the house that shall not be named, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's let's go. The, the faceless men. Can we go with the 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 more wackadoodle one first? Okay. I have something I want to set up, say about it. So it's a trot of the silencer. I've I've got things too. I'm curious to see okay. what you say. So what it, you have. <laughs> it's two a blue and a or two a blue and a black for a legendary creature vampire assassin. Uh, she is a sanguinary vampire per se. <laughs> Uh, a trot of the silencer can't be blocked. Whenever a deals combat damage to a player, exile target uh, creature that player controls and put a hit counter on that card. That player loses the game if they own three or more exiled cards with hit counters on them. Um, Etrada's owner shuffles Etrada into their into their library. She is a three five, so she actually has that that, that you threshold. Know, yeah, that that bigger butt for us. So. I think we can say right away, like if you just, you, you, everyone already knows this, but you don't need to be tucking your back into your yard after you, or into your library after you land that third hit. Yeah. So you, she's, you she's, have a replacement option. Which she lends herself kind of like a Voltron. Yes. She's on the three hit clock. Yes. In a, in a roundabout way. Yes. Uh, they must have creatures though, that can't be tokens, can't be their commanders. Right. And can't be, uh, uh, hexproof, obviously, because then you can't target. Them. I mean, there's ways they so, can get around it if they have a way of sacrificing it away. Yeah, that if, too. If, yeah, yeah, if they too. have replacement effect, like a commander. So she's she's gonna be. She's definitely got a lot of rings you got to get through before she gives you the reward, and then even when you get it, you have to. You you're gonna have to back start that getting off back too. In, back in. So she does actually work with ninjutsu. Um, yeah. The ninjutsu trigger just basically says that an unblocked creature creature can be ninjutsued in. Right. So the way this would work is you attack with her. She obviously isn't blocked because she can't be blocked. She's unblockable. You allow combat damage to hit, and then in response to this thing's whenever going on, you do activate the ninjutsu ability from your hand. Problem here is that the ninjutsu won't trigger. You won't get whatever that ninjutsu trigger is. Because you're getting her trigger rather than the ninjutsu trigger, right? Yeah, so if you're looking to do that silent blade oni... I yeah. would just say, like, just pick the very low CMC ninjutsus here. Uh, don't be looking like you want to do the big Ink Eyes Oni one or the or whatever. Like, just be like, all I really want to do is get her back to my hand so I can keep her at four CMC. Yeah. Um, flicker effects would work as well. Yeah. So in response. So like you, instant flicker effects. Yeah, they would need to be instant. Um, like Crystal Shard is a good one. You can pay blue and just bounce her back to your hand. Is the, is the Deadeye Navigators activated? Yeah, it instant? Would work. So okay. it would work. It'd pull her back and then reset. This is a lot of setup. Uh, yeah, this is a lot of setup. So here's my thought about her. Okay. Is I, I, cause I think there's, there's kind of like, I don't see you being able to kill enough people with this, right? How many combat steps do you require in order to take out your opponents. Like if it's, I mean, obviously we just talked about politics. You want to leverage people, all that kind of stuff. But if it's just up to you and you're in a four player game, you need, it's a tall order. You need nine combat faces and nine creatures that are legal targets, nine creatures that are legal targets. So that's a, that's a tall order. Unless you use the Strionic resonator, then you can double this up. There is that. So you get one creature, but here was my thinking was I'm, I, and I haven't fleshed this out, but I kind of started thinking through it a little bit. Um, what is one of the inherent problems that a pressure deck has? It's, 
prone to a- aggro decks, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. an aggro deck can put a pressure deck out of the game. Like yeah, it, pressure it, decks looking to resolve things like pestilence. Yes. To threaten aggro states. It's they're, looking and, to and they're usually bones. They're usually open because they're not very creature heavy. Yeah. Um. And so, my thought was kind of like, what are you if, thinking this would be a pressure deck? I'm I'm kind of wondering if you kind of make it something that straddles where you intend to kill one person with a trotta. Mm-hmm. You focus. You just latch onto one. She's person. like a lot cool. Yeah. Short her like like pick the person that has the most aggressive deck at your table. Okay. Latch onto them with a Trata and deal with them that way while you're setting up pressure, your pressure package. To me, that just seems like an easier way to get to a win with a commander like this, but it also resolves a problem pressure has where you can, you can actively deal with the biggest threat to you. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. That's maybe a little weird niche thing because obviously, like you said, the big, the biggest things are like using the ninjutsu to kind of, save her using flicker effects to save her and you can kind of just keep yeah, her going. She just has a lot of hoops to jump through. Like I'm I'm not I'm not turned off by this commander because the effect is like, okay, well they just lose. Right. Like it's not like, oh you draw a bunch of stuff or you bring a creature card. Like it's it's a pretty final final effect. Like they're just out of the yeah, game. They lose. But yeah, like we're talking nine combats, nine legal creatures, none of which can be a token, a commander. Well, or and, hexproof. and the other thing too is think about like, think about how you impact the way other people play around this, right? Oh so, yeah. They're... So let's say somebody's playing a Mizzix deck, and you've latched onto them, and you've exiled Mizzix twice. I mean, the odds of that happening it won't with work. a Mizzix player, it won't work. This because they'll redirect it to the zone. They exactly. Won't, they won't get the hit count. Exactly. Now. So there's not enough stuff there in that person's deck in order for you to deal with it, and and then they're not going to cast other creatures for you to have tar- valid, like have targets for it's you. true. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I think like, like I'm super intrigued by Atrada. Yeah. It's, she's intriguing. It's way flavorful. This is one of those cards where, you know, there's like support cards coming down the pipe for this chick. Oh, there's gotta be like, you know, there is, there's gotta be. And yeah. so I I'm excited for it. And, and it's sort of, you know, I mean, we talked about, do we feel like we're going back to Kam- Kamigawa at some point? With the ninjas, the the rumor is that it could happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of this this alone already kind of has that feel of tying in with Kamigawa, with Kamigawa, and also with Tetsuko and uh, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. You know, like yeah, it just it just know. has that feel to me. Yeah, ninjutsu, maybe. Uh, all right, hit us with the other guy, dude. Okay, so we've got Lazav the Multifarious. Yeah, we do have Lazav the Multifarious. Um, blue, black. Two CMC, much like Amara. This is fucking crazy. This guy's crazy. Yeah, this guy is cool. So when he enters the battlefield, surveil one. Um, we I think we've alluded to surveil. Specifically, what it is is uh, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard. So it's sort of a graveyard centric scry. Rather than putting it on the bottom of your library, you put it into your yard. Um, activated ability of X. Lazav the Multifarious becomes a copy of target creature card in your graveyard with converted mana cost X, except its name is Lazav the Multifarious. It's legendary in addition to its other types, and it has this ability. God, man, what a time to be alive. Fuck yeah, man. What a time to be alive if you like Demir. So, yeah, man. This is Scarab God. We've got the Eureka now, and now Lazav the Multifarious. Yeah. 
I think this is a really good pivot for Demir Mill. Oh yeah. Right. I think, I think there's some people that are kind of upset because Lazav is supposed to be copying other people's stuff and it's a flavor sort of a flavor thing, but let's, let's, let's be honest and stop right here. We did it. We did an episode about the mill theme, Mm -hmm. right? There's kind of two routes that you, that you go with two main routes. There's milling in order to get stuff in the graveyards that you can use. Okay. And there's milling to win. Milling to win is exceedingly difficult. It requires especially comboing. Mm -hmm. Um, Milling for objects that you can benefit from is there's a wealth of opportunity that comes with that. And this Lazav capitalizes on that. Yeah. To this, I'd say let go of your Vorthos and just play how fucking dope this card is. Yes. Just let it go because you will always have better options at your own disposal coming from your own deck than randomly from your opponents. Yes. Like I play Gonti, one of my favorite decks, but yeah, this is manifestly true with, with the old Lazav because the old Lazav only, only could target other opponents. Yeah. Couldn't do his own yard. So he, so he wanted you to set up all the mill things. So combo time with this thing. Um, yeah, this one I think is pretty, pretty well covered in the metaverse, but, sure. Uh, Ornithopter for zero. He's now a zero two flyer. Mm-hmm. You attack, turn him into wall of blood, dump your life on him, and they're done. <laughs> done for twenty one. <laughs> Same thing with Invisible Stalker for two, and then switch into Phage if you really want to like keep keep the CMC high. Yeah. Plus Phage is hot. Phage so, requires a little bit of. Plus Phage is my fetish. <laughs> Um, that one won't work too. I would put Torpor Orb in this deck. <clears throat> the surveil is nice and all, but you'll probably finding other ways to no, fill you, your you yard. No, you definitely need to have your your the Demir Torpor Mill Orb. stuff, but you need things. Yeah, you're not, not to get, win. It's it, just to get it into I, your yard. I love the Torpor Orb. Like you're not going to get any ETBs effects off of him anyway. Right. So let's just extend that to everybody else as yeah. a courtesy. Yeah. Uh, what other what other combos? Oh yeah, anything that will. So what is it? The vector asp or something like that? Yeah, I was gonna say the vector. Anything asp, that I grants was... him infect, and then if he shape shifts under underneath, as long as it's until end of turn. So like the vector asp ability. Yeah, like I think people stick. were talking about like vector asp with the walking ballista, or vector asp with the phyrexian dreadnought. Oh yeah, that will that will end lives because yeah. if you turn him into vector asp, activate the ability, switch him over to the walking ballista, mm-hmm. then yeah, you can ping out everything. Yeah. Um, or yeah, I, I like, I like the dreadnought because you could attack. Well, you have to come up with some kind of evasion. Sure. These are mana intensive moves. Yeah. Like you have you know, to have a he's very, gonna be, he's going to be a mana hungry yeah, guy. Yeah, You have sure. to like really, you're going to have a higher land count. God, you need the to artist make so sure freaking crazy I w- too. I would guess you like, you need your big black mana package in this deck. Like it's just, you might want to lean on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not even a joke. Yeah. I mean like. I mean, we, we, I think we've talked about mono black decks a lot. I put the black, big black mana package in a two color deck in my Orzhov, Regna and Krav. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it last night. Yeah. It yeah, works. You were, you were producing mana from it. Yeah, It's two. not, it's not as effective as being in a mono black, but it works. But it works. Yeah. This guy's, this guy's cool. He reminds me of something out of like the original Devil May Cry. I don't know why. <laughs> from for the ps2 like just something you'd see in a cut scene from that huh weird but he's oh man i'm i'm 
I really, I, I would like to build this thing, but I, I already have a Marisil deck and I feel like they're a little kind of interrelated, although he would be pretty cool for Marisil also. Kind of, I guess. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah, because... I think it's different enough, right? I think it's just the stuff that I'm not... If I'm unable to get the blink going with Marisil, like... Because you know, Marisil ETBs once, and then I cage a creature. Yeah. But what if I have, like, two other creatures that I'm just not able to grab? Yeah. So if I cage Lazav, I have... I kind of Lazav have access can now, to... now, like, to, copy them out of your graveyard. Sure. It might kind of strain it a little bit. I don't know. I'm kind, I'm kind of thinking about whether it fits every time there's a new activated ability on a creature it's like laza or marisil <laughs> does marisil want <laughs> so yeah that's all the legends that's um, the legends which one's your favorite man uh so i i think amara and atrada are my two favorites really yeah huh what about you uh niv motherfucking mizzet you niv kidding motherfucking mizzet yeah are you kidding me dude I think they, you're pretty turned on by Lazav too. And yeah, like you I'm like pretty, when that I'm, came out, you were you were like Lazav. Kyle dude. AP's gonna be all over that though. Like he's he he just sops up all the Demir product. It's, I I think I think if it and were, he's gonna be pricey. If it were me, like four years ago, I would have Tristani Discord. I would have a deck built for Tristani Discordant, like prior to her coming out. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, you were you were really into Selesna. Yeah. Uh, planeswalkers. Let's talk planeswalkers, dude. Oh my god! All right, let me let me do Rouse wreck the fucking most annoying is dude, it? Dude, doesn't he look like the biggest douche? He does, man. He's gonna kill my dragon. Something's gonna happen to my. I'm gonna get dude. He already he already undermined him in the last in Return to Rouse. Yeah, because you followed the story with him. Right? Yeah, because because Niv Mizzet made underline the undermine the director. Yeah, Niv Mizzet made like his own maze runner, and Rouse yeah, was. Yeah, Melek. He made Melek like Niv Mizzet just made him, and Ralzarek was all like, "I wanted to be the Mage Runner," and so he destroyed Melek. And that's a I would not undermine Niv Mizzet, but Ralzarek's a little, little yeah, asshole. So man, Ralzarek just looks like a circus character where they were recruiting off the Jersey Shore. <laughs> So Ralzarek is at Viceroy. Um, he's three, a blue, and a red. Uh, he enters in with five loyalty. Um, you can bring him up one loyalty and look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard. So he's they really like graveyard play for almost all the, almost all minus the Selesna. Yeah. It, is, it has the jumpstart yeah, mechanic, Golgari which we'll go over it. that. Um, yeah, Golgari, of course. And then, yeah, the, the Surveil. Yeah, Surveil. Yeah. Um, you can bring his loyalty down by three, Ral is at uh what did I say Ral is at Viceroy deals damage to target creature equal to the total number of instant and sorcery cards you own in exile and in your graveyard. So this is kind of like on the nose with yeah. flashback yeah. or yeah the new jumpstart thing. And then his ultimate, which is uh which will cost you eight. Um, you get an emblem with whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, this emblem deals four damage to any target, and you draw two cards. Uh okay so so let's let's approach it are we still approaching these as the the do nothing enchantments so versus the, this is <laughs> is that yeah there's like i feel like there's a lot of gears spinning in your head right now about this mostly 
disappointment. I'm just like, I'm terrible at evaluating planeswalkers for commander, right? Like if we, if we look at it, like, well, how does this compare to a do nothing enchantment? Meaning like it doesn't do anything. The turn it comes yeah, down. that costs five mana. All just come in. We're only you, looking at, okay, getting the look, look at the top two cards, put one of them into your hand and one into your graveyard. So you kind of like are, are sifting through. And yeah, I just, I don't see anyone letting that, that ultimate go off. Yeah. In a spell slinger deck, your block potential is almost zero anyway. Right. And that's what, that's what the emblem wants. It wants you to be in a spell slinger deck. Right. Exactly. So these, these, his up and his ultimate and his, they don't, they don't help you achieve each other. No, they don't. So I, if he did like three damage, I, I, I just, I, I have, I have such a difficult time evaluating these cards. Um, his yeah, like ultimate, that down yeah, three. Like if I landed his ultimate, of course, it would be fucking awesome if I was able to do that. Like this game would come to a, a close pretty quick. Yeah. But we already have a gutter snipe. Gutter snipe already does this and he does it to every opponent. Right. Yeah. The four can ping stuff off and I guess the draw two cards. Yeah. The draw cards. Is, I just, is I don't know. Deal. Evaluating, evaluating planeswalkers for ultimates in commander or really just almost in a lot of formats is, is kind of just a fool's endeavor. So again, Every time we do the planeswalkers, we're always like, uh, yeah, whatever. It's it's a hard one because ninety nine percent of them, like, they just they don't work. They don't work for us. No, it's true, they don't. And and I think one of our I don't know, I guess problems that we have with them is just is just simply that we I think we we exist in a playgroup My, where where they yeah where we know better. I think yeah, it's I think hard, we had this stretch of it's time hard to protect them. I think we had this Target stretch of time him. where we saw, saw like where we saw some planeswalkers get off, and and it was always like, oh, they just won the game. Yeah, we're not letting that happen. Like their ultimates are equally potent in commander as they are in any other format. Yeah. So, but in commander, like you have, even ones that produce tokens for themselves, like you can just start attacking through them. Yeah. Exactly. Until you finally get them. There's exactly. four whole turns of people doing combat. So yeah, the ones that are really, really low CMC, they're more likely to land their ultimate. Yeah. So like the some of the Liliana's, like they're more you're more likely to see those because people are still in the development stages. By yeah. turn five, you, you, what are you wanting to develop in an, a spell oh, singer yeah. deck on turn five? You're usually trying to like dig in on turn five and get your get your storm yeah, exactly. cards out or get your yeah. Uh, let's look at the other one. Hit, hit me with the other chick. Yeah, so Vraska Golgari Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two black and green. Uh, so she comes in with four loyalty counters on her, and she has a plus two activation. You may sacrifice another permanent. If you do, you uh, you gain one life and draw a card. Mm. She has a down three activation. Destroy target non-land permanent with converted mana cost three or less. So abrupt decay. Yes, and, and a... Um, an ultimate of down nine, you get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Um, hey, something that doesn't combo with freaking doubling season. Exactly. So th- that was one of the first thoughts that I have. Doubling season puts her and in it eight. gets you one turn away, but it does put you one. Doesn't per- give one it to you away, right away. Instant. And that and rightfully so. Uh, that's wise design there because this emblem is nuts. Because mm-hmm. the, the previous iterations, of course, you got the three assassin tokens were easily dealt with and easily blocked. Yeah. Like we've, we've seen people pull off that ultimate, but never get those assassins through. Right. Um, so 
four mana to get something where you can sacrifice a permanent and draw a card and gain one life. I don't know why I'm seeing this life gain in Golgari. I feel like I've seen been seeing that in other card design lately. It seems odd to me. Mm. Maybe that's just me. Um, meh. Right? Like, it's good. Yeah, she's all right. I think the I think being able to destroy something for for four mana isn't bad. Like you said, it's an abrupt decay for more mana. Uh, obviously, the more mana is because you have a permanent that could potentially do more. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm when I'm look. I guess when I'm evaluating these things, I'm not banking on getting their ultimates. Their ultimates are are both of them. I think have ultimates that are pretty juicy. Um, hers in particular. Yeah, she's. But you know, again. Like, call me when you call me when you land one in Commander. Right. Call me when you land one. I guess if you're building the deck around a Planeswalker, then you could have a lot of board wipe density. But who's your command? Who's your commander with her? I mean, I you've got yeah, a ton like of board honestly, like on. if we're just pairing her with what's here in the same set with Izoni, like you have the potential that you may be able to get a ton of blockers set up in front of her. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Golgari provides that ability to set up a lot of tokens in front of someone like Vraska. Yeah, if Slimefoot could do it too. Um, yeah, Slimefoot could do it. And so, so I think. So, what are you going to say? Maybe on this one? I think it's, a, I think it's a maybe on Vraska because I think you probably have a higher chance of keeping her on the battlefield than, than someone like Raul is at Viceroy. Mm. Like you, like you pointed out, you're in a spell slinger deck, so he's inherently vulnerable. Where this he's, one that you might be that might be self cured. Yeah, a I think bit. you're going to get at the mm. very least multiple activations out of Vraska. Okay. Um, yeah, I. All right. Plus, she's hot. I like the art on this one. Plus, too. she's hot. She's pretty. She's pretty cool. Uh, so that's it. That's the only two. Unless we were, I don't really want to evaluate the ones that are just clearly yeah, those, not great. I I ignore that they exist. So what are we gonna do about the rest of the cards? So I think you and I kind of divide and conquered with these a little bit. Okay. Um, you took three of the guilds. I took two of them. Um, and we'll just kind of point out some cards that may may be of interest, I suppose. Yeah. To commander players, um, I think it may be worth mentioning at this point reprints a little bit that are, oh we're getting shock lands yeah we're getting shock I'm lands surprised uh which is a huge huge deal right so commander players go get your hands on those or don't so that i can get my hands on them hmm. um and also i think chromatic lantern nice try mtg finance i know right right chromatic lantern is another reprint that i think we're seeing oh yeah here that's that's oh, my God. highly yeah. relevant to us whatever that gets players. whatever it sets itself to just yeah you better just get them yeah Even if get it's em. like oh man it's only five dollars it didn't go as low because guild lotus we went from like 15 to three yeah that was a pretty big drop yeah it was a huge but drop. this is probably yeah this, this is as good as you're gonna is just see it. swallowing everything up it, it, it just yeah get, it really is get them it, it really is and, and it's and it's it's a proven card because i think other cards you might see them take time to gain their value this one's a proven card we need it in commander People are going to grab it. It's yeah. going to get stopped off pretty Fucking, quick. Yeah, the, com- the Comradic Lantern's great. All right, well, let me just start off with the Izzet stuff. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, Izzet kind of got hosed a little bit when the card cat- the card pieces. So you got you got a Planeswalker you don't care about, a dope-ass Niv-Mizzet. But yeah, we already had a dope-ass Niv-Mizzet, two then, of them. So, but I'm happy with it. I mean, but as far as like the cards, the 
card stuff. Yeah, we didn't get a Cyclonic Rift um, uh, uh, level card or Vandal Blast <laughs> level card. Like, we just didn't those get that. Those are some sweet. Those overload, man. Those overloads. So there's a split card. Um, invert and Invent. So I don't think the these these don't fuse. It's either one or the other this time. It's not like you can't oh, okay. cast them both. Okay. So the invert, I don't know where this would matter. It's it's a hybrid red or a blue. Uh, switch the power and toughness of each up to two target creatures. And it doesn't say until end of turn. It just that's it. They did. I think this is the card that they had to like immediately errata. Did they change it? It's till end of turn. It is till end of turn. Okay, so I don't really know what the point of this is. Unless there's like a 1-5 out there you really want to hit with one damage from Niv-Mizzet. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Um, invents, actually, your budget Mystical Tutor for uh, Mizzix. It's four of blue and a red. Search your library for an instant card and or, I would choose just to do both. Um, that doesn't make any and sense. And a sorcery card, reveal them and put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. So yeah, Mystical Tutor is... Obviously, a fucking amazing card, but it's not exactly cheap. And I mean, it this was, cost it was can in be that mitigated quite easily with Mizzix's experience. Yeah, yeah. And it's instant. That's why I'm saying, hey, right before your turn, red and blue, you grab two pieces that they are really not going to want to see in your hand at the same time. <laughs> uh, then there's the Firemind's Research. Okay. Just pass on this card. Really? Yeah. Firemind's Research is a blue and a red enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a charge counter on Firemind's Research. Then you have two activated abilities. You can do one in a blue, remove two charge counters from Firemind's Foresight, draw a card. Uh, one in a red, remove five charge counters from Firemind's Foresight, and it deals five damage to any target. So, this is not... This is a, this is a rough quest. Yeah, this is a bad, bad... This is just a bad card. <laughs> This is a bad card. With the dragon himself, you're just going to draw cards every time you cast an instant. Yeah, or so anyway. why bother? Um, with Rhett, with the other activated, so he actually covers both sides. Yeah. Like, by the time you get to five instants of sorceries with him out, you've already done five damage <laughs> with with that. So he's covering both both ends of that. Like yeah, His he, research is not as impressive as himself. As, as himself. Um, like, if you want to be in a state of awe, just go see Niv-Mizzet himself. Yeah. Uh, I think Jace's Sanctuary is a better card oh, for the draw kind of thing because you can kind of scry stuff away. And is it, it Jace's Sanctum? Jace's whatever. Yeah. yeah Jace's, yeah. Um, that, but I don't even think that's a good card. Like, I, I, I'm just trying to give you, like, some alternatives to kind of put things into perspective. Yeah. As far as that second activated, if you have a gutter snipe out, by the time you have enough charge counters on this, you've already done 10 damage to everybody Oh yeah, you've done ten damage to all the opponents. Yes, with, you're with right. The gutter snipe. So it's just, it's not great. And honestly, you don't resolve that many instances of sorceries in the course of Commander. No, you might with the new Niv Mizzet because I don't think him and Mizzix are going to be looking at all alike because he wants really low CMC stuff and she's looking for like a curve where we're reaching the end of the curve and it's it's freaking crazy. Right. So. He is just, I'd rather spend the two mana to develop a mana rock that's going to make it easier for me to resolve the actual boy himself yeah. than spend some time doing his research. That makes he sense He can do his me. own goddamn research. He doesn't need me. this card. Thank you very much. Um, Quasi-duplicate. It's one, a blue, and a blue. Create a token that's a copy of target creature uh, you control. You can also do the jump start. So this is kind of my first jump card. Jump start card. Uh, you may cast this card from your graveyard 
by discarding a card in addition to paying uh, its cost, then exile it, uh, or then exile this card. So let's say you have like a brainstorm in your hand, you would discard brainstorm and pay pay one blue, and then you can f- f- jumpstart the quasi duplicate. Yeah. So Narumeha wants this. Oh, it's already well known combo with. The, I mean, it's a sorcery, so this thing can be disrupted. Yeah. But you, as long as you can keep copying the quasi duplicate, you can keep having her ETB. That commander's ruined for me. Yeah. Many please. Money please. Who's, it was one of our, yeah, one of our listeners, listeners said that. that. Um, risk factor is another jumpstart card. Okay. Uh, it's really funny with Niv-Mizzet. It's two uh, and a red when uh, it says target opponent you may have, or so target opponent may have <laughs> risk factor deal four damage to them. If that player doesn't, you draw three cards, jump, and then jumpstart. <laughs> So it's really funny with Niv-Mizzet, except for it isn't. They'll always choose to have four damage dealt to them. Right. Why, would, I'd they ra- I'd, 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 I'd why ra- would they ever choose to take four damage and you draw three and you yes. draw four cards? No <laughs> matter what, you get the card because you shot the spell. Right. But it's pretty much like with him around, it's going to be deal five, deal five damage to them, draw a card. Right. That's really what it's going to do. It, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's it's, crazy. it's not, I mean, whatever. It's cute, but I don't know if you're going to have a lot of room to be cute with that with that deck. Okay. Um, Chemistry's Insight is another jumpstart spell. So it's three and a blue for an instant draw two cards. And it also has jumpstart. Okay. So you're like, why the fuck would I do this? This card's... Because you can jumpstart it, right? Yeah, because you can jumpstart it. And that CMC is going to go towards Mizzix's reduction of, of mana cost. Right. So I already run Deep Analysis already, which is functionally the same thing, but it's not an instant. So you're like, okay... Yeah, Straight it has a flashback. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe or find something in else in that it. range. Yeah. So because yeah. drawing two at instant is I just yeah don't don't underestimate instant speed. Um, <laughs> anything else from their pile of stuff? Oh, maximize altitude and maximize velocity. So maximize altitude is a one mana sorcery target uh, creature gets plus one plus one and gains flying till end of turn. You can jumpstart this as well. Um, maximize velocity is red. Target creature gets plus one, plus one, and has haste until end of turn. You okay. can jumpstart this. So maximize velocity is for Zada. Because you oh, can make all of the tokens suddenly all grant the tokens are, haste yeah. and they get plus one. So that's it's pretty good for Zada. Plus the art on it is fucking dope as shit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, maximize altitude and maximize velocity could be for Shu Yun. Okay. Um, I'm more looking at maximize velocity for Shuyun because having him coming in and out of the zone a lot is it slows you down. You do need you need do need to kind of pop off the instant, yeah, and you know hit him like surprise, right? Okay, okay. Um, but man, these are a stretch. Like, see what I'm kind of working with here? Like, what about the locket, dude? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I take it for Niv Mizzet. If you're going to build that deck, you're going to need that color combination yeah, you need specifically. The colors, um, and yeah. I, I, I just, I wonder why it had to be that hard on the freaking activate. Like I am, I, I'm liking things like Hedron Archive and, and oh yeah, because it's like you can just ditch it when people try to destroy it, mm-hmm. even though you're probably using it. Commander Sphere, I like more and more every, every time I play it because yeah, I've, I've destroyed it in responses to Vandal Blast. Oh yeah. Cause you're like, okay, well, well even it's already tapped. So you're just like, it's one of those ones that you can just ditch even when it's tapped. Sure. This one is, it's pretty heavy. It's, you got to pay. That's a lot of four mana. mana, then tap it, which it can't contribute to that own. You know, the art on these cards, though, this cycle, they, like they actually are pretty dope. Yeah, especially especially the is that one. Like it's 
it's pretty fucking cool. It's got like the two yeah. wires hanging for it, like hanging around it. Um, what about that thousand year storm? I was trying to circle around that a little longer. <laughs> like, Damn but, it, Kyle! But you're going to hit me with it. This is a crazy card. Uh, it's it's a storm card is, is kind of what it's, I mean, it's a thousand year storm, but it's a storm card in a lot of, let me, let me just read it. So it's four, a blue and a red. Um, an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it for each other instant and sorcery spell you've cast uh, before it this turn. You may choose new targets for the copies. So the first one doesn't do anything, but the second one starts, and then the third yeah. and the fourth and so on. Yeah. So if if you remember my spell slinging themes deck thing when we went when we did that yeah. like earlier this year, I talked about what I like to call the window of opportunity with playing a spell slinger deck. Um, in my experience with Mizzix and I did like a spell slinger Riku and then I've done Melek and I've done a couple, I think that's about it that I would say, okay, they're spell slinger. You have a narrow window of time when you start approaching these mana ranges, right? Um, you're definitely starting to stick out on the table like people are not happy about what you've been doing especially sure. with, especially with Mizzix sure this is a lot of mana to commit yeah it's basically a, an eaten up turn and it's in, a dead turn and in yeah. conjunction with Niv Mizzet like yeah it's dead the turn that you want to so I'm not going to say this is a bad card but I'm going to say that you will that you will probably depending on the focal point and and development of your meta and how how they are it's it's a spell slinger's fool's gold. That's what this is to me. It, you're, it's a win more condition. If you're if you're playing a storm deck, that's already going off. Yeah, like you and, don't need this supplemental right. storm. Storm. Ha- storm has some subtle differences. Storm counts everything that was cast, even non instant sorcery spells. Yeah, storm counts other people casting stuff. Storm the storm is a is a much busted nobility compared to this to this card yeah and and yeah you're usually kind of keeping the cmc low to get that storm count higher yeah also playing storm in edh is it's kind of sadistic right i mean like it's not it's not a well-loved way to play it sure if you're doing like mizix you know like how i try to do it i don't even know if this is a win condition yeah like what spells am i really like you know, wow, I get two fire mines, four sights. I, I already <laughs> won off the first one. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, wow. I get two brainstorms. Yeah. By the time I'm at six mana, like I'm looking to resolve the bigger spells that I've earned my experience to push out. Yeah. So I just, I don't know where to put this thing. Okay. I'm not saying it's unplayable, but this thing comes, put this on the same place that you sleeved up that swarm intelligence and then pulled it right the fuck out of the sleeve and put it. It'll, it, this will end up <laughs> right next to it. You know, the swarm yeah. intelligence, yeah. The, even that, even that freaking, uh, what is it? The primal amulet. Like, like anybody who's tried spell slinger knows what I'm talking about. There's a little stack somewhere mm-hmm. of all these things they thought were going to work out. Like the Sphinx bone wand. That's where this is going to go. Oh yeah. I'm not saying again, I'm not saying it's bad. There's going to be crazy moments it's where you're bad, like, holy shit. I I love this enchantment. But, but the ability to pull out, pull anything off with or get there. It's Spellslinger's Fool's Gold. Okay. That's what that card is. That's fair. That's um, fair. Anything else from this range of stuff for just a, I know there is at cards. Oh yeah, there's an Omnispell Adept. I might as well just kind of throw that one out there too. It's not an is that card, but it's four and a blue. Uh, for a human wizard, it's a three, four. Um, 
You can pay two and a blue and tap it. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand without paying its mana cost. So it's kind of like a really slow-ass instant or sorcery version of the Elvish Piper, I guess. But for instance, the sorcery cards. That card is fucking dope, in my opinion. I think it depending on the deck you're running. So I can see it having value in a very instant and sorcery-focused, mostly sorcery-focused, um, Joda. Joda is looking to do pretty crazy stuff actually with sorceries. Yeah. Um, this one is kind of, well, and it's uh, like, it's kind of like you do this. If you've lost it's control, a, it's of a him. way around the commander, right? Like to do that without, yeah, the it's commander. a way around the commander. In fact, it's less, it's four man instead of five or a very non-optimized, uh, Narset. Yeah. That would be another one. Let's, so let's just drop that expropriate for four. Well, yeah. But and the that's setup, the thing is I'm like, things like an expropriate, but you're right. The setup, because the setup. you, it's five mana, yeah. it's three to activate uh, and tap, so you probably need Lightning Greaves or Swift Foot Boots because anybody that knows what's going on this is just way is going to remove it Yeah, this is a lot of hoops to jump through. Like, yeah. I, th- I think it, I don't know, it probably falls in line with what you're talking about. It's Joda. Fool's Gold. Yeah, but. it's another one of those. Jo- jo- Joda and a really non-optimized Narset. Yeah. That's the two places I can see it so far. I don't really see it anywhere else. Uh, they did like a baby Talran too. There's a, what's he called? Um, where do I, oh yeah. So the murmuring mystic three in a blue, uh, whenever you cast an insert or sorcery spell, create a one, one blue, uh, bird illusion creature token with flying. He's a one five. I am actually pretty into this. Okay. Because it doesn't strain blue. Again, the window of opportunity has always been a problem with me. And if I'm telling you, like, I never know when to cast yeah. Talran because I don't want to drop two blue to do it. Yeah. That's kind of telling you, like, how pressured I am when I'm playing this deck. Like, you guys are not letting me do fuck all. If you see me drop two blue and I'm down, you're yeah. going to just go wild because you know you've yeah. got your window to just do whatever you're going to do. Oh yeah. So this kind of leaves a little bit open. Even the even the implication of only holding one blue up is enough. So I'm I'm pretty into this, you know. Oh, well they're not two twos, it's half the damage. I don't know. Sco- put this in 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 um Locust God and it's another skull clamp target. Oh yeah, exactly. You know? Like did you really need the did you really need that extra like there a lot of the time what I'm doing with Talrand is just using the drakes to freaking block you know honestly i'm trying to get somewhere else i just need bodies to keep people off honestly that's what i value from them so yeah this is kind of like instead of doing like um i kind of see this replacing my uh frozen ether yeah the enchantment okay frozen ether is like oh i get one more turn to kind of deal with whatever they're doing but frozen ether actually pulls a lot of hate this will pull a lot of worry you know like (laughs) oh he's gonna fucking go nuts and you know it's like dude i'm making a bird a spell come on chill out (laughs) You know, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty okay into the murmuring, the murmuring mystic, murmuring mystic. Uh, I think that's it though. I don't know if there's really anything that sticks out as far as like the spell slinger archetype, um, from is there is a Demir card, uh, not to kind of jump the gun, but I feel like it's definitely your budget snapcaster mage. Oh, if not just, I mean, it's, I, to me, it's just better because I think snapcaster mages are, they're just too fucking expensive. Like they don't make a commander deck. For the money, no. Like get get a get a crucible of worlds if you're oh, going to yeah. spend that kind of coin. Yeah, you know? exactly. Get a get a doubling season if you're going to spend that kind of coin. Like they're in a, it's a fucking amazing card, and I I like the Snapcaster Mage is a, one of those cards that's going to go down in history. But yeah, for us, it's kind of like eh, I mean, it's great. It's it's really good, but I'm not ready to drop. What is it, eighty bucks right now or something oh, no. crazy? No, 
Mission briefing. Uh, blue and a blue. You can yes. surveil two. Then choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard. You may cast that card. Um, you, you may cast that card this turn. If that card would be put uh, into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So it's basically just granting something flashback. What's great about this one is that you can do the surveil, and if something is added to the graveyard, yeah, then you so can you just it. surveilled something juicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I had that on my list of cards that I think commander players really should consider. It's and a, it's a spell, so with the new Niv-Mizzet, yeah. it'll trigger where... So you've got two triggers now. Yeah. So draw, draw. You know, yeah. so surveil... So you cast it, draw a card, surveil two. Yeah. Or I guess you could order these if you wanted. Yeah, however, however you, want. you need to. It goes to the graveyard. or it, And then, yeah, it could be... Yeah. It's pretty dope. It can cast jumpstart cards. It can cast flashback. I mean, you could... I don't oh, know. yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would want to do that. Sure. Because you'd have to pay the jumpstart sure. co- costs all over again if you're sure. doing the low one. But yeah, this is this is it, I think, for the spell slinging uh, cards from this deck. Or, I mean, from this um, set. The guild league, the the league mage is just... Yeah, the um, guild mages are... They, I, I, so the uncommon guild mage cycles that uh-huh. they do, they're... Just the last one seemed just better, even though the mana cost was higher. Sure, to twin spells, but like, they're but they're almost always have like they almost they almost always have like really costly activated abilities associated yeah. with them with really really modest payoffs. Yeah. Um, okay, what guild you're gonna go over? Let's let's do Boros, and this is gonna be fast. Yeah, like a real Boros deck should be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's just pause and, and have a moment of silence for Boros here. <laughs> we didn't do that with the legends. We're going to have the moment of silence now for one of the like, <laughs> God. Yeah. It's just a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you just, you're just sitting there in your moment of silence. And you just hear this like squeak, Guys, we make, squeaky fart. We make Boros so bad. So the rest of it can look so good. <laughs> I think that's what oh, it that is. makes sense. I accept that answer. I, I literally only put a couple cards on my, on my list of things that Boros has that you might maybe consider. Maybe? Is there a Boros charm in here? Did they do a functional I reprint of Boros think charm? So, but I think oh, Boros shit, charm was didn't. in that uh, box. Dude, I, Boros charm is dope. Boros, Boros charm is a really, really good, it's a dope really card. Good card. A uh, true fire mentor. It's two red, two white. Has mentor on it. Can I just say that I just really don't like the name mentor, right? Like I just don't. What is that? Like, like it's supposed it to be seems like more characteristic of of like I don't know the bookworms, you know? Yeah, honestly, like aren't they supposed to be like aren't this supposed to be like some like army or something? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. So it has mentor on it, which okay. we're not excited about that for commander anyways. Yeah. Um, but it does, it has whenever true fire captain is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target player. Um, it's like a lesser stuffy doll. So it kind of goes along with that idea that I was talking about, like doing a ton of non-combat damage yourself. It, it, it yeah. Like this specifically goes with Tajik, right? Yeah. Like, and the Boros Reckoner. Yeah. The Boros Reckoner is another example of that. So we kind of see cards like this. It's just another sample of that. If you if you have niche places that you use those types of cards, mm-hmm. um, they they're cards like this are great combat deterrents, right? Sure. Like if somebody's going to, 
I keep we talk about trample kinda, so much, but he has trample. It but he kinda, has trample. It, it doesn't matter. Slows that down a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, it does slow it down. So, but you know, like if somebody does have like a a, a Voltron of some type, it, it can be a bit of a deterrent. Um, chance of glory is another one that there is no chance of glory. There really isn't. There really isn't. This has like niche use. But, you know, we're going to try it. Somebody's okay, going to try do? it. So it's one, a red and a white for an instant. Creatures you control gain indestructible. Take an extra turn after this one. At the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the motherfucking game. Dude, that's my kind of card right there. It's a real gamble. Yeah. But. It's like Final Fortune. Yeah. If we're being honest, though, about what Boros does, this is probably Wizards kind of giving a nod to commander players a little bit. Yeah. Because I, like I've played a lot of fucking Boros. I know how it goes. You, you get your stuff set up early. You do a painfully large amount of damage, but not and you put anybody scare down. the shit out of everybody. They wrath you. You've shot your wad. You have no cards in hand and you're top decking and you're a non-participant until somebody puts you out of your misery. That's how Boros goes. <laughs> A card like Chance of Glory uh-huh. or Chance for Glory allows you one chance. One chance at glory. At glory. <laughs> this is like the most aptly named card they've ever printed. It really is. This is dope. It really is. So, I, I like a throw. Like, is we we have shit on the Boros design. I think in this. Review. Well, we're gonna cover it on one of our episodes coming up. Yeah, and and we'll talk about it. And I think there's some things that maybe we're missing as commander players that we don't typically use. That we'll, mm-hmm. we'll address, but chance for glory. If you're that Boros player, put it in your deck. Okay. Anything else? Uh, Legion war boss was, I think was the other one that I put in. Is that a goblin? It's a goblin. Hell yeah. Hell so a boss. It's like, it's a goblin. I know it. Well, yeah. And I think, I think it, anything that's dealing with goblins is going to be interested in this. So two and a red for a goblin soldier. That's a two, two. It has mentor, why goblins are mentoring each other, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen their surgeon? Uh, <laughs> he only works on churros. Churro surgeon. Right. So at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 1-1 red goblin creature token. That token gains haste until end of turn and attacks this combat of fable. So I don't know. Anything goblins are due, they're just really interested in getting more goblins. So Cranko et al. will be interested. There's actually another goblin in this set that Cranko wants to. Is there? Did you see him? Are you? Which one are you talking about? You're not even looking for him, are you? Because no, you don't you don't I, look for goblins. I I I look for the master race elves. So it's, oh my god, dude, <laughs> goblin crater maker. It's one in a it's one in a red for a two two. This card is so. Oh my god, I love this card. One in a red, yeah. Is it for a, a two-two one or goblin is it just warrior, a, like, it's not Boros. General. It's just a red card. Yeah. Okay. okay. For a goblin warrior, you may pay one and sacrifice the goblin uh, crater maker, and you can choose one. The goblin crater maker can deal two damage to target creature. Get fucked. Or you can destroy target colorless non-land permanent. <laughs> it's a that's goblin a- that can kill Emrakul. Yeah, that's fucking cool. That's the promised way cool. end. If, if and Kozilek. Can't destroy him long though. Sure. But if nothing else, like this thing is awesome. Anybody's anybody's uh artifacts. Hot awesome artifacts. Done. Yeah. We got I got you. Yeah. 
That card is the shit. That is a good one. That card is the shit. That's generally, that's just generally good, I think. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously goblin decks are interested in it, but I think that's just a generally good red card. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, do we want to go over like the Demir stuff? Yeah, let's do Demir. So, the um, they have a fairly interesting... Uh, split card if you're running Kess, I think. Oh, okay. So they have Connive and con- and Concoct. So Connive says gain control of target creature of power two or less. So I really like that it's not CMC two or less. Again, a lot of these commanders out there, they, fit into they don't that. really have a lot of power. Um, Concoct is three, a blue and a black. Surveil three, then return target creature card from your um, graveyard to the battlefield. So remember that Kess reanimator deck we were talking about? Oh. Yeah, I like that Surveil three part. And then pushing that creature back into play and That's having that dope. flexibility. So it's more just kind of like, I like the flexibility that kind of comes from it. Yeah. I like that. I like um, that what's next on this list? Oh yeah. The, the other split is kind of, I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to go over it. Cause it's, it's kind of weird. Like it, it bounces all the permanents. Um, but the one that I was thinking is the mnemonic betrayal. Yeah. God, the art on this is metal. Yeah. That fuck, thing is sweet. Who, who's the artist on that? Uh, I don't, uh, Clint, Carly Clint Clint Searly. This thing okay. is crazy. That's dope. So one a blue and a or one a blue and a black. Exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. Um, you may cast those cards this turn, and you may spend mana as though it was mana of any color to ca- uh, of any or sorry of any type even to cast. So if you've got like colorless, I suppose you can you can reassign it. Yeah. Um, any type to cast uh, those spells. At the beginning of the next end step, if any of those cards remain exiled, return them to their owner's graveyard, and then you, yeah, you have to exile Mnemonic Betrayal. This thing is fucking crazy. It's nuts. So if you have a fully charged... Um, so if you want the spirit of Lazav in your deck... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's that, right? But if you have a fully charged Blood Chief Ascension, that would do a lot of work. Oh! Because it, they go back into the graveyard. Yeah. And it says, from anywhere. Or the old Demir, yeah. Or the old Demir one, yeah. You know, the old mage, like guild mage or whatever. Yeah, master. That would do some work. It would hurt pretty bad to have those in. That's fucking dope. I like I like shit like that. Like I'm I'm pretty into that card. Yeah, it's it's kind of niche what it's looking to do, but yeah. Uh, I already went over like their their other card, the the Snapcaster Mage. That's that's an instant, pretty much. Um, how do you feel about the Dream Eater? Uh, I tell you one deck that definitely requires this. What? Unesh. Requires it? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's obliged to because it's... All right. So the Dream Eater is a four, a blue, and a blue for a creature Nightmare Sphinx. Um, it has Flash, which that's pretty good, and yeah. Flying. Um, when it enters the battlefield, you do... Or when the Dream Eater do, enters the battlefield, you surveil four. So we talked about surveil. Surveil is basically like... Yeah, it's a, a scry but to scry graveyard, your graveyard instead of under uh, like bottom of your library yeah which i think is it's extremely in some useful cases like better it, it, it is there's a in lot of decks that are gonna want that a lot a lot more than putting it on the bottom yeah and then it says when you do you may uh you you yeah you may return target non-land permanent opponent controls to its owner's hand and it's a four three so it kind of just bounces a permanent. So, I don't know why this is a mythic though God i don't damn. know why it's a mythic either but the sphinx of uthun has better stats strapped to it and it was never a mythic. Sure. It's a 5-7 oh, yeah. and does it, it lets you look at the top five cards and you get a pile. Like, 
right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think the ability to, so there's two things to me. Well, a lot of things. I mean, with Unesh, obviously you're going to, with the surveil, you can look and see if you just need to clear those things away mm. into your yard or have them part of the, pile. or if you want to leave them there for its ETB with Unesh because and they might go to the graveyard anyway. And the, you know, two of those are, well, whatever, whatever sex segment of those pile is, is going to end up in the graveyard. Okay. okay. Um, I, th- I like the flash and being able to return something to an opponent's hand. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, you can be very responsive about what people are doing. Okay. That. Uh, Thief of Sanity. It's flying for a one, a blue, and a black, so it's a kind of a specter. Um, whenever Thief of Sanity de- deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of that player's library, exile one of them face down, put the rest uh, into their graveyard, which uh, I don't know if I like that. Hmm. As, for as, or, um, as for as long as that card remains exiled, you may look at it and you may cast it as though it was mana uh, of any type to cast that spell. So if you like the Kuru Mind Eater type effects... Yeah. Uh, it's got blue in it, so it's not going to be in Gaunti, but that's I cool. I, it's neat. I think if you're running kind of like that old SIG, th- like if you're still oh, being, you know, bad SIG. Yeah. If you're, res- if you're just being hopelessly resistant to the Eureka wave and you're <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sticking with fucking SIG cutthroat. This is, this is the card I guess you would be interested in because yeah, you're already looking to kind of do tricky stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that they had that really stuck out. There was any Demir cards that you liked? I mean, I again, just thinking of Unesh, there's another mono blue Sphinx. What does well. that do? It so it's, just, it's just the city watch Sphinx. Are you just obliged to run every Sphinx that comes out? If well, you're I think you're obliged to consider them uh, with that deck. Okay. This one's not great, but like for that particular deck, it, it, it may be useful. It, it, surveil is good i think with that deck because you can go through your deck faster um so it when it dies it surveils too but it, it's a high cmc for what it gives you so okay i think the only one i've got left now i'd like to talk about is the notion rain okay so it's one and a blue and a black to basically like do a surveil version of read the bones oh okay yeah, but I mean, now you have blue with you, so I, I'm wondering like where this would be good. Maybe, maybe still Kess, maybe sure. still Kess because Rain yeah, can do it again. I really like the art on it too. And what the hell is Notion Rain mean? It's just people Rain of thoughts, <laughs> Rain of you know incomplete ideas, like our like our <laughs> podcast. That's it for Demir. Uh, what about Selesna? So Selesna, I think actually has a decent number of cards that are are, are worth at least some consideration in it. Um, let me pull up my list. Okay. If I can find it. I mean, I can hit you with Golgari if you're looking that up, because I got that one ready to go. There's not that many, honestly. And there's not really, there's not that many really good Golgari cards at this time around either. Oh, wait, there fucking is. (laughs) Assassin's goddamn trophy. Yeah, that thing is fucking dope. Yeah, this thing is bro. yeah the bro of all cards so black and a green for the assassin's trophy instant destroy target uh permanent and opponent controls its controller may search its library for a land a basic land card and put it in the battlefield then shuffle their library okay so god damn this thing's gonna be expensive this is like a format spanning card it, it really is D- yeah 
It's good in so goes, many different places. Yeah, John, John mid range is going to want it from legacy. Yeah. Or, like I was going to say, like, I don't, it's, I don't, it's not that you and I have like a really close pulse on other formats, no. but you can recognize when some things are just objectively have a good fit. Yeah. There is actually like a budget alternative for it. If you're really looking for some more removal, it's their split card. Okay. Um, that they are pushing out. It's, uh, the find and finality that so one, the that thing one? about find and finality is that i think that card will be really great in a pinch when it's great <laughs> and then you'll realize oh wait i really like this effect that everything gets you know negative four negative four till end of turn let me just do languish then like you'll right you'll, you, finality is just you like discovering that languish can be ordered off of amazon or your card shopper of your choice <laughs> to me like just putting two plus one plus one counters on target creature like maybe it'll help dodge that negative yeah. four negative yeah. four negative but i feel like you're if you need to like drain the board you're you're not going to wait for that moment where you're going to take advantage of those negative one negative one counters uh or sorry the plus one plus one counters before you, that other part goes off now i was talking about uh status and statue Okay. So status is uh, green and a black. Target creature gets uh, plus one plus one and gains death till end of turn. So, um, I don't know. I like the I, I like it for the Virtus and Gorm deck. Oh. Um, but statue is two a black and a green. Destroy target artifact enchantment. Uh, okay. Creature or in creature. So it's an instant. That just why. Gotcha. It's, a, it's like a little bit of a beefed up putrefy. Yeah. Yeah. It's no assassin's trophy, but sure. But you know it's... when you bust out your credit card for the assassin's trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Be, be thinking of this one yeah right that's kind of a i don't know i think i think it's i think it's a good budget alternative i like it's, it it's a functionally extra putrefy with a little bit more yeah maniac yeah. doesn't have that they can't be regenerated clause sure um what do you but think how about, many people are doing that yeah yeah i'm not really that afraid of regenerate i've never been like damn it i can't kill him because he's gonna it's regenerate so niche it's pretty niche it honestly is uh underrealm lich how do you feel about this guy I've got a place for oh, it. Oh, I bet you do. I bet you do. Three, a black and a green. If you would draw, or for a zombie elf shaman, if you would draw a card, instead look at the top three cards of your library, then put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Uh, you can pay for life and the underrealm, underrealm lich gains indestructible till end of turn, but then tap it. So it's kind of like a half regen, speaking of regen, but it's indestructible, but it still taps it. It's a four, three. So Sidisi, I guess. Yeah, Sidisi for sure. Wants that. The Gitrog monster has got a huge, huge raging frog on for that frog on. Yeah. That. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Gitrog monster will draw tons of cards with the Underrealm Lich. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Gitrog monster already does draw a ton of cards. This will just let you sift a little better. Yeah, It'll be you get like some better top selection. Yeah. You know, you're getting to getting your choice. Yeah, you pick, you pick the spells you want and then drop a land drop drop a land in yeah. there and then draw the an extra card. It, i think golgari in the card the card shop like the 99 side of the uh, side of the thing well they, fed yeah so because we, we have mausoleum secrets yeah mausoleum secrets so is really good too. one in a black undergrowth search your library for a black card with converted mana cost of uh less than or equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard Reveal it and put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. But this thing's an instant. Yeah, a two-mana instant spell tutor. That tutor's a black card. But I mean, there's some We hoops. already use Beseech the Queen. Exactly. Like, this thing yeah. is... This thing is... We take what we can get. Yeah. You know, you gotta take what you can get. It's good. Because Beseech the Queen says, search your library for a card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those other ones. It's like checking... It's checking some it's other... checking something... 
yeah, checking something to get it done, but, but it wants black, black, black to be the most cost-effective way to yeah, do it. Yeah, this one, two mana instant Otherwise, speed, it's a like, more restrictive demonic or diabolic tutor. Yeah, exactly. So, again, we're taking what we can get. Any Golgari cards stick out to you besides these? Uh, I mean, I think you covered the ones that were, like, a big deal to me. Yeah, a lot of them you'll notice, like, if you just want to kind of, like, look at them yourself, you'll see that a lot of it is the undergrowth thing. ETBs wants a lot of creatures in your graveyards. Yeah. Some of them are... <clears throat> they seem valuable. Some of them are just, I don't know, like give them a shot, but I, I don't know. These ones, sure. these seem to be sure. the ones that, that stick out. There was one of those Golgari Raiders. I thought was like, was well, that kind of a alternative to the Golgari Grave Troll because it has haste, Oh, but eh, it doesn't have dredge. Sure. Know? Sure. Um, one thing I think is pretty funny is if you go to the mythic spoiler website, the top comment on every Golgari card almost has, Looks like Dredge got a new toy. Looks like Dredge got a new toy. <laughs> Looks like Dredge got a new like even when it has nothing to do with Dredge and people are they're like shut the fuck up. But it's true. It's just some guy like trolling the the Golgari the stuff. The whole thing. Yeah, looks like Dredge got a new toy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. Selesna. So Selesna, here's what was happening like why I was like pausing. Yeah. Is I had written I'm just going to close my computer because yeah, I, 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 I I have, n- you have no interest or fucking understanding of how to evaluate a Selesna card to save my life. <laughs> it's like that whole segment of Magic the Gathering could not exist and Andy wouldn't even notice. Yeah, I wouldn't even notice. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so here's what Dude, was happening. Is I was, Bloodhound I was, deck, I'd be like, who's the fuck is that? <laughs> I was looking <laughs> I was looking at my uh, notes and I had this this card name, Assure and Assemble. And I was looking for it and I could not find it. And then I like went back up to the top. I'm like, it's the fucking split card. I'm like scrolling. I'm like, where is it? Okay. What does it do? God damn it. So let me just turn my laptop here so I can look at it. Uh, So the first part is, is you can put uh, a one, one counter on target creature. That creature gains indestructible until end of turn. I think an instant. It is an instant. Okay. So, and I, I think that's, that's the thing. When the reason I bring this up is when you're tokening, uh, you're calling out board wipes. Sure, and but it only makes one of your guys into well. But you, I, but that's right. But I think so. It's dog shit. It is. It's not great. Okay. It it's not great. But invariably, there are key elements to your board state that. So you're Reese the redeemed. Yeah, you can save your Reese. It's sure. exactly that. Okay. The other side creates tokens and it's it's three two two green uh and white elf knight tokens with so, vigilance so these elves are a little bit yoked compared to their normal tokening companion. yeah so so in something like that like it, it's kind of a backup plan on reese so the the cmc on that is the same as reese's greater activated ability okay so if you don't have tokens set up that's a really good jump start to that i don't know that anybody cares about reese anymore if I'm being honest, it's one of our least listened to episodes. You know that is it? Reese the yeah. Redeemed. Yeah. It's one of our early ones. right? It is one of our early ones. Plus, it has the word feces in the name. I did put that in there. There is that. Yeah, because he's a little bit feces. Uh, let's see. March of Multitudes. Um, like, I mean, I'm if I'm being honest about the Celestia cards, I'm not in love with them. They're things that I'm like. Me neither, if you, dude. If you if you play Celestia, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Me neither too. Sorry. I, I'm so not in love with them. I didn't even look. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. 
uh, it's so bad that we're getting somebody else in to cover it from another yeah we're another, another content, content creator is going to cover. make it I'm so like, I want Andy doesn't any- have to make a Celestia tech list <laughs> I'm gonna fucking give him a thank you letter too Send yeah, him an email. You're gonna, you're thanks gonna, like, man for doing that dog shit I know it sucked and it was painful give him a hug um, so March of Multitudes it's X green white white it has convoke on it create X one one white soldier creature tokens with lifelink this is a card that requires a board setup prior to its being casted, being cast. Mm-hmm. Um, you will get a wealth of, of tokens from something like this in the right circumstances. Uh, it's at instant speed, so it, which is a very nice thing with this one. You can kind of, you can, you can just surprise people with it and have a really nice turn. I think that's one of the problems with tokens is a lot of it is happening at sorcery well, that speed. that one from Tarkir that does it? What is it like Brave the Sands or yeah, something? Yeah, Brave the Sands. Yeah. We saw the uh, the Wrath spell that... Uh, Marshall Coup. Yeah, Marshall Coup that does does kind of that sort of windfall of of, of tokens as well. Okay. Um, Let's see. Camaraderie was another one that I kind of was looking at a little bit. It's four, a green and a white. Sorcery, you gain X life and draw X cards. Boros should X have camaraderie. Is the number of creatures you control. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Yeah, no friends here. Uh, no, it's it's sort of a, a it's a green esque card draw spell. Um, it's gonna you. I, to me, I think a card like this is important if you're tokening in Selesnya because you're going to shoot your wad. You're going to cast camaraderie and draw a bunch of cards. I won't ever shoot my wide with Selesna. And then somebody's going to wrath you and you need to set up again. Yeah, I get it. Like you need a card like camaraderie because you will get undone. Um, Join shields, I think was was another one. Untap all creatures you control. This is an instant. So three, a green and a white. Untap all creatures you control. They gain hex proof and indestructible until end of turn. Necessary for you. How much mana is that? It's five. It's a high CMC, but to give them hexproof and indestructible until end of you, turn, you'd do it. I would definitely do it. Plus, it untaps <clears throat> them, so that new Amara thing could do whatever tap exactly stuff you've been doing, and any convoke things that you're going to be doing. Okay, so uh, mm-hmm. join shields is is in conjunction with some other cards. It could be very useful, and and you're tokening. You're going to get wrathed. You just fucking need it. Take what you can get until that merciless eviction hits, and you just flip the table over because you can never win with Selesnya tokens. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking funny. <laughs> like two of these guilds, you're just like, you can just never win. I can't win with Boros. I can't win with Selesnya. You just can't win. It's funny because the two guilds that I identified with most in our early days of playing Magic, Don't, yeah. I've like abandoned. <laughs> now you're all about like wars off. <laughs> yeah. huh. Um... Pause for reflection. So two and a green. It has convoke. I don't know if you need convoke mm-hmm. on something that low to the ground, but prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Uh, God, every one of these cards sounds like a freaking wiki how for depressed people. Pa- pause and reflect about your life and how people, somebody loves you. <laughs> what was the one before that? Join, the, the, join, join so, together. So, you, you know... You know, this whole uh, Guilds of Ravnica thing, this like return to return to is is set in fall, right? Is it? You know, in that pause for reflection, there's somebody that you can't see that's in there somewhere that has a pumpkin spice latte. latte. 
It's because pumpkin spice lattes are the pumpkin spice of life. <laughs> it's true. Um, there was one other card that we didn't mention that's not necessarily, it doesn't have like a guild symbol to it. Is it that green guy? Um, no, it's an enchantment. What is it? Uh, so divine visitation. Oh, that. I forgot about that. Yeah, so three and two white. Uh, if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many four, four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. Wow. Um, that and anointed procession in the same. Oh, wait, never mind. It's rotating. Yeah. That's pretty. What, I mean, you, you're the token guy, right? What, that thing's you, fucking dope. Here's my the brother problem. texted me that today. He's Did like, he? this thing's crazy. Avenger is Zendikar with this. Oh yeah. He's oh, yeah. freaking crazy. Yeah. Instead of all these like zero one plants, you end up with a bunch of four, 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 four angels, angels that are vigilant. So you can be aggressive yes, and have that no is, worries that about is great, it. Yeah. Like it's it, Andy brings up a really good point. I think when he's talking about spell slinger type stuff, and, and I think this came up when we were talking about like the thousand year storm mm-hmm. type card. I think cards like this, they have to be taken with a grain of salt, right? Because they're a high enough CMC that it eats up a turn where you're advancing your real game plan, which is to actually, in this case, actually produce tokens. Okay. Um, and so, the, I don't know. The Plus night- all your tokens already are out. Yeah. If it flipped them over right. and did that, it would right. be bust as hell. But it's like all your tokens become 4-4 four, four, and from now on they're just 4-4. But four, again, four. if we're looking at something like Reese, uh, you've got a bunch of tokens out set up. Mm-hmm. This is this is the card, the turn before your big activation on Reese. Okay. Uh, it fits in really nicely. So that one there. works. It, it fits in quite nicely. So there there are places for it. But again, I think when you're doing your own individual card evaluation on whether something fits into your deck, Take that into account with this one. It's it's fucking awesome. Like the rewards for this card are incredible. But you have to kind of take that with that 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 temper your expectations. Yeah, temper the expectations. Cause I, I again I think if you're playing in a savvy group, if anybody's holding I like I think we have these very interesting moments in our games where somebody presents that they have a removal spell. Hmm or they have a trigger to remove something and they start sort sort of kind of get into these like, okay, should I kill, should I kill his artifact or his artifact? Like which one should I destroy? Yeah. Um, this one will always be like, this one is, it's one where it's like, yeah, you really can't argue about it. Like (laughs) they objectively should destroy this insane must got to already be out there to like, yeah. Like to talk that removal away. Exactly. Like it's, it's way, way, way good. Um, any more cards, dude? You see the I mean, be- you- is it Beast Caller or Beast Master? It's like the green one. I forgot about it. I closed my laptop. Oh, yeah. The Beast Whisperer. Yeah, read that, dude. Yeah, so this one, I, this, is, this is another big one. I had this kind of listed in my notes, too. So it's two and two green for a two, three elf druid. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. It's more green style card draw. And oh, God. This fuck thing, yeah. Yeah, so... S- Saleva wants this. Oh yeah. Setin wants it because he's a druid even. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Zuri, like every mono green thing wants this guy. Yeah, it, honestly. Every mono green honestly. bro storm. Well, because we think him. about the other side of it is most of the time they're up to six they're mana. high CMCs yeah, they're for this mana. kind of effect. So it's definitely going into your deck. Yeah. For sure. 
It's not ETB. It's when cast, but whatever. It's what doesn't is it? matter. How much is it? Don't four care. mana. It's four. Yeah. That because how much are you? Too. How much are you going to be blinking your your green creatures anyways? I mean, there's not a whole more. The biggest thing is just casting. Yeah, just keep anyway, going. So, um, how do you feel about this set, dude? Um, it feels a lot like the last one. Feels like a lot like the last one to me. By that, do you mean the There's like the st- last Ravnica? Yeah, the last Ravnica. Okay. It feels a lot like they've they've got a f- they've got a favorite guild. For yeah, th- first things I think Golgari has a lot of good cards coming out of it for whatever. Um, same with Demir. I think the other three are kind of getting held back a little bit. So I don't I don't follow Morrow's column as much as I used to, but I remember during the last Ravnica, he 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 wrote a column where he mentioned that he is very partial to Izet mm-hmm. and that he kind of held the design back a little bit. If I, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I had heard that the, that Mizzix had, or Melik was not really originally six CMC. Yeah. Um, and then I guess they thought it was too busted. I don't know. Uh, so, so that they we jacked we, up. What's it a girl? What's her name? So Amara Imara and, 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 um, she was actually going to be the uh, voice of resurgence. Voice of resurgence, and they—that's why didn't that, want that in the draft. So right. like, and they didn't want her make her mythic because she wasn't a guild master. Right, exactly. It's like, okay. So the previous emulation of Amara, she's she's so good to have in a token a deck, but and whatever. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Like everyone should understand that. Like the rarity is because of the power and its its impact on obviously the draft. Right. You know, right? Like, oh, wait, all the other, all the other maze runners are freaking. Yeah, the symmetry of something like that is weird. Like, like, like the the preference for symmetry over uh, they land on a seven CMC card that no one plays. Yeah, like even in token decks, like no one plays it. It's just, it's just nothing. It's, it's, it's not great. But I, I, you're right. I think it does feel a lot like I love Ravnica in terms of the design of it. I think the legends that come from it there's a lot of potential for the legends. I think they whiffed on some mm-hmm. obviously by the, how we've talked about them, but you know, they're it. I think it's a cool design space for them to work in. And I think they deliver quite a few and I think it helps the multicolor environment. I think I'm most excited for the third block. I think it's going to be a lot like, uh, I think it's going to be a lot like how the fourth one went or the third one went in the original. Oh, everything just goes nuts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, we're, the narrative is sounding like Nikki B's paying everybody a visit. Oh yeah. And all this stuff's going to come to a head and they're yeah. going to kill my dragon. <laughs> it's going to be a sad day. Yeah. Either sad he's going to get a planeswalker spark or he's going to die. I think that's what's going to happen. I just hope he's been a planeswalker this whole time. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Um, so what's our plan between here and when does the next one even hit? It's, I think the next one would be, yeah, I think it would be January. So we're going to try to get five of these guilds covered and we're going to do it kind of like how we did the mono decks. Um, the Boros episode will be something to listen to. I think that's something. Yeah. Tune in. I I think there may be an inclination to not listen to it because it's Boros, but I think we have some things planned for our discussion. It's going to be a pretty aggressive we, narrative. I think what we're going to try to do. Yeah. And then 
I guess you've got somebody lined up to cover my disinterest in Yeah, Yes, yeah, so we've got we've got a guest that we'll we'll, we'll surprise people with. I guess. Are you ready to do an Is that deck? Do you ready to build? Yeah, one? that's gonna be weird. I've felt like Is that is off limits to me like my entire life. That's just my own take. Hmm. Well, I well, I mean, I, I feel like it's just I I feel like Ralza Wreck wandering into Niv Mizzet's bedroom. <laughs> When it comes to Izette, like, okay. what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. And then Demir. Yeah. Kind of I think we have some, Demir will be interesting because there's two, two legends. I that think that one's going to be hard to do in. because they've, they've been covered pretty well already. Yeah. Both of them. Like yeah. they got given to content creators with preference and they did okay work with it. So it's like, yeah, well, sure. what are we going to say that they didn't? Sure. But yeah, that would be some other stuff. Other stuff. But we'll, we'll do that series. Come up with some some decks and talk about the identity of each of these five guilds we've got in this particular set. Okay, man, we pulled it off. Review of Ravnica 3, Return to Return to Guilds of Ravnica. Did this feel as tiring as most reviews do? No. I'm actually like, I'm, I'm done and I'm like, I'm okay. I think by the time we were done with uh, Battle Bond, I was like exhausted. <laughs> right? <We're> just... <sighs> I was pretty tired for that. I don't know if I, I just got off work or something, but I remember being like, okay, this needs to fucking be done. <laughs> this just needs to be done. Ravnica! Yay! Hey guys, Kyle here. Thanks for joining me and Andy here for the Legendary Creature Podcast as we take a little stroll through the Trans Guild Promenade to check out the Ravnican foliage. We hope you're as excited as we are to grab a new Ravnican legendary creature. Music this episode by the artist Dan Terminus. The song is Catastrophic Orbital Decay from the album Stratospheric Canon Symphony. And, uh, fuck, what else am I supposed to say in these things? Oh yeah, follow us on Twitter at legend underscore creature. And if you are more visually inclined, check us out on YouTube. Be sure to give us a review where you found us too. It helps us. And until next time... I guess uh, make sure that you align yourself with the correct guild. The future of Ravnica may depend on it. Mm-hmm.